You're listening to the Contemplative Podcast. Welcome to the Contemplative Podcast with myself, Matt Emery, and in conjunction with Contemplative Classical and Headphone Commute. If you're new to listening, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to or on to keep up to date when the new podcasts come out. And also, if you're new, please do delve into our previous episodes where I've chatted to the likes of Robot Cock, Sebastian Plano, Hannah Pill, Nanita Desai, Luke Howard, Yoat Beving, Carly Parody, Michael Price, and many more great composers. So on to this month's podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Alex Burr to chat about his new label, 21M Records, an imprint on Sony Records. Alex talks us through his musical background, setting up Mercury KX and his latest venture, 21M, the vision behind the label and its roster of artists. As always, there'll be music along the way from all the artists on the roster, plus two tracks at the end from the 21 Expo project featuring Paddy McKayhee and Abbott. But first, to kick things off, we have a beautiful track by Edis Everson called Dag Drummer. Alex, it's a privilege to have you on the Contemplative Podcast. Welcome. You're obviously joining us from Berlin. And um, yeah, it'd be great to start with getting some background information about you, if that's okay, before we get into uh, 21M. And um, I just wondered when you were growing up, did you did you ever learn an instrument or start playing an instrument when you were younger? Yeah, so I did. Um, first, thanks for having me. It's great. Uh, it's great to be here. So I learned piano, but I really only started it when I was about 14. <laughs> so interestingly, I come from a household that was not musical at all. Um, so I didn't really have much of a musical upbringing. And then I kind of discovered music for myself uh, to some extent. And uh, I was um, fascinated by piano playing. I just thought it looked great. And uh, I got a bit into classical music. And then I started playing the piano. And then a bit later, I discovered all kinds of uh, pop and electronic music as well, yeah. but it kind of came in stages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and a bit about your education. I, I read that you'd like studied musicology as well as business and media management at sort of university level. Did you know what you wanted to do at that stage as in going into music industry or were you kind of not quite sure where you wanted to take things? No. So when I, when I finished school, I just had this 
blues moment where I thought I really should, you know, do something that I love. So I totally have to do music. And uh, because I wasn't good enough to be an actual pianist or a, a singer or, you know, study practical music, I went for studying musicology and, and history. And that's why my PhD is in musicology. So I wrote a thesis on the cadenza and 19th century piano concerto. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I remember being sort of in my first semester and getting like heart attack type fits because I thought, my God, what am I going to do with this? So I started doing all these internships at, you know, agencies and record companies and, you know, the festivals and whatever you do that had anything to do with music. And that's how I discovered that I had a quite quite a passion for the recorded music industry. And that's why I stuck. And then later, I also did an MBA um, to sort of ramp up my business side. Yes. <laughs> uh, my educational business side, um, which was sort of between New York and Berlin, sort of an MBA program for media management. Cool, cool. So, so I, was, I mean, I was going to ask because I'd... Uh, I, I thought that uh, Deutsche Grammophon might be the first sort of record label you've worked for, but obviously maybe maybe not. Uh, had you had you worked anywhere previously to that? In- so my, my very first record company job was in 1999 for a then Warner Music Classics label called Teldec, which has long been uh, defunct. Um, and I worked there for a year and a half as a student, and then the label was shut down. Um, and uh, and then I kept studying, did other things. And then while I was still finishing my studies, I then started working for Deutsche Grammophon, which was also in Hamburg at the time where I was living. Cool. And, and obviously you're quite instrumental to help set up Mercury KX as well in 2016, um, working with the likes of Oliver and, and Lambert. Um, that must have been quite an exciting venture to start as well. Yeah, that was a weird one. So I was I was working for... DG in Germany, and then I was sort of offered the opportunity to go to London and start a new classical label. Um, and obviously, I jumped on it because it was really exciting. And uh, and I then started a label for Universal Called Mercury Classics, um, which was kind of a bit of a mix of everything I liked. So a few of my former DG artists came with me: Milos, Kamerdaklic, famous classical guitarist. But also Tori Amos, for example, we did we, I, we had a great working relationship, and I released her pop records at the time, and, and and so I did this wild mix of like things I liked essentially, and in that phase I met Olafur, and um, and we decided we were going to work together. That was in 2012, so it's quite a while even before you know the whole the, the big chunk of popularity came for us sort of neoclassical music and, and piano yeah. music and they just sort of stumbled into it and I loved the guy and I loved his music and was like oh, let's do this and <laughs> and that's how I got into that and um a few years later we then sort of rebranded that label into Mercury KX to make it more specifically a label for neoclassical music but whereas before that it was more like a mixed bag a boutique yeah. mixed bag of things <laughs> yeah Awesome. And I think I think that roughly a, v- a very, very quick uh, timeline of, of things there. But that brings us to now, which um, obviously you set up 21M Records uh, for Sony. Um, firstly, is there any meaning behind the name or how did you come up with that name? And, and what was the vision kind of behind 21M? So I love names that don't tell you what they mean, because uh, and there's actually a more serious part to that, because I... I feel like in a in a 
um, genre fluid or post-genre space that we are moving in, a, a label name can always be quite defining, like um, having a, a genre term and a label name or a label name that puts you into a certain direction yes. might actually exclude some other things that you want to do or might discourage artists to venture into certain directions. So I do like a name that doesn't really tell you much about <laughs> what the no. music is. You're going to get. That's um, cool. That, that's cool. <laughs> and 21M essentially is just the year 21 in Roman letters for the year 21 when we started it. And M is the, it stands for Masterworks, which is the flagship. Sony Masterworks is our cool, of course. mothership label within Sony. Yeah. So that's where I come from. That's very obvious when you put it like that. That's, uh, yeah. Cool. So um, you had your launch night um, a couple of weeks ago in Berlin, obviously where you're based. And can you tell us a bit more about about that and who played and, and how it went. Yeah, it was cool. So it was, um, so we start, we announced and launched the label in January and that was obviously a pretty dark time for, <clears throat> I guess, many of us. So we did it out of lockdown um, in a, you know, in a time when it was completely unclear when artists would be able to perform again in front of audiences and all of those things. And we just wanted to do like something new and something forward looking. And obviously the plan was in the making, but I felt like, okay, we're going to do it now, no matter what, we're just going to do it. But there was always the idea that as soon as we can, we want to do an evening where everybody gets together and you can actually celebrate live music, which is just the most important part of all we do. Like I love recording, but ultimately it's about live music and the live music experience. Um, so we uh, we decided to just go for it and do it in uh, September and uh, booked a club in central Berlin. It's actually more like a techno club, pretty pretty sort of big space right by the river, really nice. And we had um, Edis Evensen, the Icelandic pianist and composer, playing at Carlsen, Italian sort of electronic composer, uh, Stimming and Lambert, so Lambert, the masked pianist, Stimming, yes. the German techno DJ, uh, who have a great sort of joint project with our label, and then uh, an, an amazing French sort of composer, producer, band leader called Uel Lamour, who premiered her sort of band project for us at that night. And it was great. It was a very emotional event, just because many of these... so. Many of these people had never met in person. Yes. I had met most of them, but they certainly hadn't met each other. Yeah. And many of the people in my team hadn't met most of the artists because nobody was traveling. So so the idea of everybody coming together and obviously a lot of people from the sort of Berlin and the German sort of alternative music scene showed up and it was just like a lovely sort of get together. It just felt a very meaning, felt like a very meaningful moment, I think, for certainly the people on stage. Yeah. Um, is, is that the first live event you've seen or been to as well? It's sort of since since lockdown kicked off. Yeah, I've I've been to a few, um, but it's the first one uh, I hosted. Yes, and it also, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been to live events, but it's not. Most of them were so regulated, certainly in Germany, that it's not. You know, it's not quite. It's not quite the full experience. Yeah. So. So it'd be great to delve into the roster a tiny bit more. And I think a great place would be to start with um, Edis Evanson. Um, her album Bailer is beautiful. Um, I've had that on repeat. Um, how how did you end up meeting her and how did you end up sort of discovering her work? Because uh, I I never heard of her before and uh, I didn't, yeah, know any of her work previously. And, and um, 
yeah, I'm quite privileged to share a publisher with her. So I kind of found her through there rather than, um, but yeah, it's an album that I've actually, it's probably one of my most listened to albums this year so far. So yeah, can you tell us a bit about how you met her and yeah, how that came about? She's going to love hearing that um, from you. <laughs> um, she, um, so that was one of those moments where it's just kind of networking. So it's not like I found her online or anything. It's someone who knows her and knew me and knew other people inside the company as well. So it just wasn't, wasn't me on my own. Brought her up. She came in. We had meetings. It was very early for her. I mean, she had she had written music for a long time, but she hadn't really released anything as an artist. So for her, it was quite a new thing to be a recording artist. Still is actually. Um, but she had something about her as a as a personality. The music has an intriguing, very mellow, um, very elegant sort of language, and I just um, I just really loved it so we went for it and she wrote this um she finished this first album bylo which is a collection of music she's written over a long period of time and uh, so it's kind of a bit of a diary of her past and uh, it's stunning i think it's an interesting it's a very interesting listening experience yeah but edith seems to be picking up um yeah a, lo a lot of a lot of interest like um her i, I noticed her live session on kxp had over sort of a million streams and it was a beautiful also that was a beautiful um insight into her music for anyone who hasn't seen her as well kind of her performing with i think it was quartet and um she had the guest vocalist um which escapes my my head off the top of my uh, this is my favorite song on the album and i can't think of who the guest vocalist is on that track gdrn yes that's GDRN. it she's an icelandic uh pop singer wonderful singer actually great voice yeah and the song is a call it's a song called midnight moon it's a That's poem it. that Ada's wrote for herself and then she turned it into she did like an instrumental piece based on that poem and then she turned it into a song so it's uh, it's developed in stages yeah she's a she's a wonderful artist and she seems to really grab people's imagination which is you know always an, among the nicest things you can say about an artist i think it's just people she has something that somehow gets people's imagination going. And uh, I think she has, a, she has a very, very bright future ahead. And she's yes. very interested and curious. And she wants to explore different elements of sound. And, you know, she's, 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 on, a, she's, on, a, she's on a journey.
Um, I, I suppose the next artist, uh, Ed Carlson, who I'm sure a lot of people on this podcast will uh, know. We've featured him before, and, and I'm sure many people may be aware of his previous work with Moderna. Um, he's just released uh, Grains of Gold with you. Um, sort of, have you known Ed's music for a while? And um, yeah. So Ed's uh, music, I've been aware of him for, for quite a while. So I've seen his development from more piano-centric to more electronic over time. And um, I just thought he was an interesting one because he, he's kind of like, you don't, you can tell there's more, which is, so there's, there's more development, there's more interesting stuff coming, which is, which is great. And uh, I was just curious to meet him and I hadn't met him um, before this moment since we just got, got on a video call and then at next occasion we, we met in person and I was just very interested to associate us as a person. I was curious what he was working on. That's, that's often how it goes. Like, I'm just yeah. curious. What's the thing? Like, what's the, what's the thing the artist is thinking about? What is, where do they see, where do they want to go? What is it that they're trying to explore next? And, um, and I, and he was already working on grains of gold at the time. So I had a few of these demos and then the, it was a done deal as far as I was awesome. concerned. I think he's great. He's very, very talented and it's very cinematic music. It gives you a lot of, um, I, I get a lot of visuals of cues out of it. I, it, it gives me all kinds of different feelings and I think that's uh, great. So. Yeah, I think he's quite a technical wizard, Ed. Uh, behind the scenes, he's very uh, hands-on with a lot of his productions and like, if uh, for anyone who wants to kind of get an insight, like it's, it, he's quite a good one to follow on Instagram because he's always showing you behind the scenes of breakdowns of tracks or breakdown of his live show. And um, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot under that bonnet. I will say that, you know, it's kind of, it's a very interesting uh, yeah, guy to follow and, and uh, watch. I, what I found so interesting about, so I didn't know that, but when we were so already in the process of putting the album together, he told me that he was actually a pilot by original trade, you know, before oh, he yeah, yeah, became I think... a musician, he went to pilot school and finished it and thought that was his career. And I always thought that's so telling this like mixture of very technical, but also kind of dreamy and kind yeah. of romantic <laughs> and kind of out there, but sort of both of it at the same time. and to a quite extreme degree, like that's that's Ed for you. He's, he's a great guy.
we should talk about the other the other um, two artists who also played your opening night, Stimming um, and Lambert. Um, obviously, you've been working with Lambert for quite a while, um, and Stimming and Lambert has, uh, have previously released a record. I understand, and um, they've got some new. They've just released uh, is it two new singles on Twenty One M? So they so they had an uh, they had an EP out before um, for a couple of years ago. And now this is the first sort of proper long player they're doing. Um, it's coming out on the 15th of October. So in two weeks. It's called Positive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and obviously they come from um, like quite different worlds. Uh, Lambert is very well known for his uh, piano works, while Stimming is, is, comes from a more sort of electronic and techno. And I'm guessing it's a merging of the two coming together. And Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's it kind of... What I love about it is like brings out that playful side. So there's a lot of playfulness on that record, which both of them have in completely different forms because, you know, one is very electronic, the other one's very sort of piano centric. Um, and when they come together, they just, it's just very, it's just, it's interesting and it's playful and it's a bit weird in the sort of best sense of the, of the word. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting record. I would encourage everyone to listen to it when it, it comes out, just sort of for the experience. It's it's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah. Um, um, I really enjoy it. I think it's really good. I've seen Lambert a couple of times live. I, I saw him before um, like lockdown uh, kicked off. At, uh, where was he playing? He was playing at King's Cross uh, Place. In, uh, and he's got such a good rapport with the uh, crowd like for I think sometimes when when people play quite serious music to actually have such a a, a kind of fun personality it kind of sometimes can break I not tension but do you know what I mean like things can be quite intense with 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 uh, a lot of classical or modern classical every time he spoke to the crowd everyone was laughing everyone you know it's such a it's such a, a joyous occasion I think Lambert gigs and I I, I presume that just carries on with uh, having having stimming there, kind of providing a different a different a different element with the electronics. I mean, the great thing was that, and and that was very evident at our sort of lounge party, is that they are both such stage animals and they are so professional. So they're, they're so good at sort of like just playing off one another. Although they hadn't played together in a long time because of COVID, but it was just yeah. like they were just sort of like locking into sort of being that stage. Uh, being that stage act, that stage show, and they and they did really well on that. And I and I think you know Lambert per se, he's like he has this weird like German dark humor thing. Yeah, <laughs> he has the mask. So yeah, so that's that's all. There's a whole lot of role playing and a lot of different sort of like um, layers going on. Um, but I think he does it incredibly smartly because he manages to not. It doesn't take away from the seriousness of the music, but it does no. take away from the seriousness of the occasion, which kind of helps. Like it's a completely different avenue than most other artists take in that in that world, but it doesn't it doesn't make the music less engaging or no. emotional. No, I think it's a real icing to the cake. I think uh, yeah, I think it definitely yeah, it just it just really adds to the occasion. As I say, it's uh, and it makes everyone feel. I don't know. It just brightens up the room. That that extra bit, just the uh, yeah, the funness, and yeah. He's a great performer. He's just a great live performer. It's like yeah. everybody should go and see him. It's worth. It's worth it.
also Olivia Belly, um, who has, has, is her record out this week? I think it's, it's out this on Friday. Friday. Yes, yes. So she's from Italy and um, she's released three singles. I think, is it two or three singles already? I think it's five or six. <laughs> okay. Got a lot of singles. <laughs> cool, cool. And and yeah, she, she's obviously uh, plays piano and she's a composer and arranger as far as I understand. Um, uh, yeah, it's... it's how 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 did you come by meeting her? Is because she's obviously uh, she's she's released quite a bit previously. Yeah. So so Olivia actually we got in touch via Instagram, <laughs> as it happens, um, and um, I hadn't really I was aware of her music before, obviously. I mean she's she's been you know releasing music as you say for a bit. But I hadn't really sort of spent time listening, as it sometimes happens. You know, you're aware of an artist and you're like, oh yeah, it's great, whatever. But you you don't really pay attention, right? And sort of we got into a chat, and um, she sent me some of her music, and sort of dive deeper into where she's coming from musically, what her background is, what the environment is in which she creates this music, and all of that. And I was just really fascinated by her because she, so she is. She, sort of unlike some of the other you know artists in that sort of um world she's a very classically trained musician right she's a yes. classically trained pianist conservatory level a conservatory level played you know classical concerts played a lot of contemporary music so stockhausen and kurtak and sort of really serious sort of difficult to digest but also wonderful and exciting um, new music and i think that sort of that informs her own compositions and it forms her piano music and i just when you delve into that a little bit the 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 extent to which there's classical influence and the influence of piano technique that she has that you know not everybody has because it's actually quite difficult yes. to achieve yeah. that level i never managed to yeah um, <laughs> Then um, and then you have that, but then it comes out in these like little poems. It's like to me, her music's like it's like day to day poetry, right? It always it, it there's always an element of beauty. There's always an element of um, sort of emotional engagement. I always get what she's. I always feel like it's music that I get what it's meant to say to me. Yeah, yeah. And and she as a person, the way she lives, you know, she lives in this farmhouse in the countryside with a family she was quite secluded from from you know a lot of um other things she's not a, she doesn't live in a big city she she decides to to live that way and it's and, and i think all of this informs her music and that's something i really love about her it's like something it's it's beautifully crafted and very elegant and it's still easy to understand it's just yeah it tells you what it means with yeah. open arms kind of
and we'll, we'll move on to uh, Yoel Lamour, who who we we, we briefly mentioned. Um, uh, yeah, before. Um, obviously, she's just released her first single, uh, "The First Tree," featuring Gracie Hopkins, um, which is stunning. Um, I'm really intrigued to hear more. I think she is. Um, I know she's got. She seems to, from speaking to you previously, and also I read up about her. Like she, she seems like she has many fingers in many pies. Like for reading about her modular synthesis, and obviously she's arranging and conducting for LCO. She seems like uh, she's got yeah a, lo a lot of going on, and, and her sound palette seems to be very expansive. It's really. Can you tell us more about? you know, what, what she may have in store for us. Uh, so yeah, so UL, she has um, her first album is coming out early next year. It's called Loom. Uh, and that's really the first time she puts herself forward with her, what, what I think she wants to consider sort of her own uh, music project under her own name. She's done a lot of, she's just doing a, a very interesting soundtrack. She worked with the LCO, as you say, she just had a collaboration with Max Cooper. So she has, she has all kinds of things um, that she has um, that she has going on, and I think it's partly because she has this enormous skill set. So she's an arranger, she's a conductor, um, she can write orchestral scores, she can play guitar, uh, electronic guitar on stage with a band, as she has just uh, done a couple of weeks ago for us at the event. Um, she can also do electronic production. She can do all kinds of things, and as a as a person, she's this sort of cultural melting pot of all kinds of things that she's interested in and that influence her uh, on a family basis on in terms of her the people she surrounds herself with etc etc so she's this kind of person when we started talking obviously i came to her with the idea that she has this half foot in the classical music world and that somehow that would be where we are coming from but then the album that came out really has it has a lot of orchestra on it but it really has not anything to do with classical music yeah. and I love that it's like it's like you don't know what you're gonna get it's like every step is exciting and um every step is new and interesting and I wouldn't dare to say what her next album is going to sound like it might be completely different from you know uh, what, what we're hearing right now it might be might be similar it might be a development on the same thing it might be her suddenly reinventing herself entirely and and she has all the abilities and she has her own compass and yeah and that's, I think, that, that, that's the makings of a great artist. A forest, metaphorical, low historical, and a story both magical and horrible. Elements of people waiting for an oracle. The quest in a question is rhetorical. The body in a splendid can be ruthless. The color of the land you carry in is where your truth is. Red light, that's raw. Driving you crazy You feel the shift of planes Where you switch your lane Gift of pain Stops escalating Red light Mask off Let's talk Ask off Red light Let's go I don't think we're missing anyone out. Um, Hugar, who um, hailing from Iceland, 
Um, I I first heard of them. I think it was about 2014. They released a debut, and I remember Oliver put a post out. Um, I'm sure I can't remember which member it was. Say um, had been playing horns for Oliver, and he said, "This is my horn. Yeah, my horn player." And he released this album, and I think they just put it out for free because I think I remember just downloading it for free and thinking, "Wow, this is great." And then they've just grown and grown and grown over over the years, and obviously are quite a name. And and I, I realized they've collaborated and worked with many huge names um uh yeah so I'm, I'm guessing you've known them for quite a while well I've known Bergwer the trombone player um uh, the aforementioned trombone player uh, of Olafur's for a while via working with Olafur so he was sort of like in in that world um, in that Iceland world um, when I first came to spend time over there and he's supremely talented, both as a, as a writer and as a producer and as a general music man. And he works with, you know, Bjork and with Sigur Rós and with all kinds of, with a lot of people that do production Iceland, he's part of them. And then there's Petur, his partner um, in this musical project, and have been friends since childhood. And, and Petur has like 150 guitars at home and it's like also all together. Like, so this is this kind of thing that you get in Iceland where they're just, just like, where are you coming from? You know, it's like, it's something very, very special. Yeah. And um, they obviously have a great connection. They've known each other for years, since childhood really. And and they developed this um, project and it's kind of in a post-rock, neoclassical, electronic-y blend of elements. Um, very atmospheric, very, um, contemporary really i mean it's hard to describe but it's worth it's definitely worth checking out it's beautiful sound they're very good at what they do Anything else or anyone else on the roster that we uh, should know about? Well, there's there's a project which we recently started that I'm I'm very fond of and that I want to put quite a lot of focus on, and that's called we call it 21M Expo. Um, and this is an idea. So the idea is to get to just get involved with more artists and and give a platform to more artists and specifically younger artists who are still sort of finding themselves in terms of their life set up and the you know the team that you know these days you you need a team to sort of develop something um so on this series our idea is that we invite one artist at a time to curate one ep entirely under their own um sort of artistic guidelines um under their own identity their own musical identity and then we help put that out internationally to as wide as possible an audience we had a great um Irish electronic artist called, called Paddy Mulcahy who did the first one. Oh yes, I know Paddy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ah, you know, Petty. Well, there yeah. you go. He's 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 really talented, and this is it's worth checking out this EP. It's I, I love it. It's brilliant, interesting electronic music. Um, we are just currently putting one out by uh, a Dutch piano composer called Abbott that's coming out in October. Uh, and then we have others in the pipeline. But here the idea is really for artists also to come forward who want to, you know, who might want to be part of that series, who feel like maybe the music they're making has not been represented enough and it would be yeah. good to put a bit more of a spotlight on it. So, uh, so yeah, that's a project that I, it's really important to me because I feel like a label has to be a platform for a variety of artists um, on a variety of levels of career development and um, and and so this is an important part of that amazing amazing and what one last question for me I, I don't know what what more you can say because obviously you might not be able to say what's more coming down the road but you know what can we expect for 2022 is there anything that you are allowed to say or is it uh um there's so you can expect more there's more to come <laughs> great <laughs> I'm not going to reveal any secrets at this point, but we have a couple of things in the pipeline that I'm very, very exciting about in terms of new signings and new partnerships. Um, obviously, some of the wonderful artists we already spoke about are going to release their first albums with us in that year. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just going to, we'll just kind of keep going. It's going to, we want to be this family of artists that live in this post-genre instrumental music space and we want to, shine lights into different corners of it and and you know look at it from as many perspectives as possible and and that's what we're going to continue to do so it's hopefully going to be really exciting and really interesting amazing well thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today and um yeah we'll be following your journey closely as i suppose I, um mike and uh myself are you know, both enjoying all, all your input so um, yeah i'm sure there'll be a lot more featured on different communities and contemplation classical as well Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Thank you very much.